You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv news stories straight from the dome right to your home to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, there's someone else here. Oh, oh God. Oh. I'm so uh, scared. Oh, oh God. Werewolf. <laughs> oh, shit. What's that? Oh. You're certainly hairy enough. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, that doesn't that, look like a werewolf. That's disrespectful to your brother, brother. <laughs> oh, it's my brother. Oh, geez. Who invited this joker? <laughs> you guys did. Uh, well, since you're here anyway, I guess, Justin, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Isn't it kind of funny that I'm on the show first that doesn't have my music as the soundtrack this is true i know right oh i think that's a dig mike it's a dig. I, I think it is although to be fair i i've never found a movie that you wanted to be on for well you, you, got, you just gotta let me know maybe i'll maybe i'll decide it's all right yeah well maybe, you know uh, there was lost boys but you know oh well yeah you, you got, got you got to set up with josh yeah i, I trumped you I, I was like i was like hey man i'm sorry i'll apologize for it later but i'm going on that fucking show it's all right don't worry about it uh well for anyone for anyone listening who has no idea what the hell or who the hell we're talking to justin my brother my big bro uh justin von strasberg is our first guest on an improv show, I'll say. We did have Michael LeMay from the Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash uh, come on for one of our off-week specials a while back and talking about G.I. Joe. But this is the first time that we have dared to to risk <laughs> uh, a guest to come on for one of our improv shows. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's always been a little bit of a nervous thing, right? Because, you know, Mike and I, you know, you, you and I have this, uh, like, this chemistry, I think, right? Absolutely. And, and we've been making up stories for forever, but you know I've known Justin longer than you. Sorry, so true, <laughs> <laughs> true. Sure, sure. <laughs> by, by at least twenty years. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I wanted to have Justin. I wanted to have you on because you know you and I and Mike we all share a love for you know what this show is all about, which is the VHS era. You know specifically the eighties and nineties, and you know a little bit of the early two thousands too. But you know we tend to talk a lot about movies from the eighties and 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 mostly and. You know, we, we've done a lot of horror lately. It was spooky season, and we had about three episodes in a row that were, you know, spooky and horror related in some way. But, you know, uh, Mike, you've got the Boogeyman's Closet to talk about all the horror you like. And I'm not exclusively a horror movie fan, and so it's fun to talk about other genres. And I haven't – I don't think we've done, like – well, we did Revenge of the Nerds, which was supposed to be a comedy, but it was so like cringy that it was hard to just enjoy it. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I thought it was about time we went back to the 80s one more time and we did another like raunchy teen comedy and we did one that wasn't as cringy and, and problematic as Revenge of the Nerds. And so we're going to talk about Teen Wolf. Well, Yay. particularly Teen Wolf 2. Ooh, yeah. See, we're going to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny that one of the characters from the first movie, I kept saying her name while watching the second one because I kept going, boof, you know, like, oh, <laughs> <Yep>. damn. Like, 
<laughs> wouldn't, that, wouldn't that have been oof? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. But you know, I was like, oh, boo. <laughs> um, but yeah, so since Justin, since you're our guest, you know, welcome to the show. I will throw it to you. Tell us, you know, what do you think about the original Teen Wolf, 1985, starring Michael J. Fox? What are your thoughts on Teen Wolf? Um, well, I hadn't watched it in a while, so I decided to watch it again the other day to have context for the set, you know, for Teen Wolf 2, which I also hadn't seen in a long time. Uh, I Teen Wolf is a is a great movie. I don't know if it's like a perfect movie, but it's got a lot, it's got a lot going for it. There are some parts that I thought were a little strange on repeat viewings, but um, yeah, I think it's a great movie. I, I mainly I'm just confused. Like, why is Chubby on the basketball team? Like, I don't I don't understand <laughs> that concept at all. But you know, other than other than some little things that I you know fully didn't make much sense to me. But, um, yeah, it's a great movie. Anytime I watch it, you know, like, you can watch it all the way through without a problem. Uh, I learned recently, too, that uh, the house that, that he lit, that Scott lives in, is actually the house that they used in the filming of Back to the Future for Biff's mom, for, like, Biff's house. Oh, okay. That's cool. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know that either. That whole street actually has houses on it from different places and stuff. But, um, yeah, like, I think the tree that uh, – that, uh, uh, that George falls out of is on that street. Um, <laughs> nice. You know, a lot of that stuff is on that street. But um, either way, I think Teen Wolf's a great movie. Teen Wolf 2? What the hell? Um, <laughs> all, I can, all I can say is montage. <laughs> right. Yeah. There is like 30 minutes of montage in the movie. <laughs> well, you got you got to have a montage. Yeah, but, <laughs> three of, but three of them in a row? <laughs> With like they, they really seconds. died on that hill. Yeah, <laughs> it's like three montages in a row with like thirty seconds to a minute in between, basically just to set up the next montage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of feels that way. Like they were trying to compete with Rocky Four for like the most montages. <laughs> right. Oh, and I, I will say, I will say this: um, the the clothing was much better in Teen Wolf than in Teen Wolf Two. Because what the hell was Todd Howard wearing? Like, like <laughs> that suit he wore in the party when he when everybody was dancing for him and celebrate him, celebrating him at this big mansion or something or whatever the hell they were. Yeah, um, for I some think reason, was, I think it was on the college campus, but it looked like a mansion somewhere. But um, yeah. I don't know. And how did they how did he know that they were setting up the yellow plastic behind him to jump into? Exactly. <laughs> There's so much wrong with this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's my two cents. <laughs> so, Mike, it sounds like you're a fan. Am I, am I wrong? Am I catching the wrong drift? Oh, God, I I loathe Teen Wolf 2. <laughs> like, it, it's funny because the, the first Teen Wolf movie I, I definitely enjoy quite a bit. Um, I watched it a lot as a kid. It uh, I, I do have to say, like, I, I technically was chubby because I was the fat kid on the basketball team. Oh, um, OK, OK. <laughs> all right. So I'll, t- I'll take that back then. I'll take that back. Don't get me wrong. I was terrible, but I was on the basketball team. <laughs> I I could shoot. I just couldn't dribble and run for shit. Well, there you um, go. So okay. Just like Chubb. Just like Chubb in the yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. Just stand there back. There you go. And... All right. All right. Yeah. Again, I take I it all back. Points. I take it all back. <laughs> but no, I, I like the first movie quite a bit. Um, I hate the character of Pamela. Like, yes. she yes. really pissed me off. Not to cut you off, but when I was younger, I thought she was hot. Now I think she's just. I don't think she's attractive at all. No, and I think she's all. annoying as hell. Like, well, 
And not only that, but it's well. First of all, like, can we all agree that Boof is actually the more attractive of the two? Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. She's quite attractive. Um, but no, Pamela. The thing that pisses me off about her, obviously, you know, she she uses Scott for to get her kicks, but like she's then like teasing her boyfriend while she's out with the werewolf. And then it's like, Oh no, he's my boyfriend. Like go away. Like <laughs> you just fucked him in the locker room. Like what happened? <laughs> wow. Like th- these movies are, they've got some weird twisted stuff in them that I don't fully understand. Like and that we definitely didn't pick up on as kids. No, not at all. Not at all. <sighs> but, now, but now see part two, I remember watching as a kid and not even enjoying, like being bored watching it as a child. The only part that ever sticks in my memory is the weird dance scene. Like, <laughs> so weird. That's the only, the the only the part. The only scene that ever stuck with me was the one where um, his teacher scares the, the dean of the school and you find out that she's a werewolf. And then she walks yeah. away and she has the tail. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's like, why does she have a tail? Well, and the other thing is, like, I didn't remember that, but while I was watching the movie, I kept going, "Is she a werewolf? I think she's a werewolf. Am I remembering this wrong?" <laughs> and then, of course, you know, we get the reveal, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, okay, that was terrible." <laughs> I, I, the the best thing about the movie that was Sean Astin. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that's his name, right? The guy that played yeah. uh, uh, John yeah, Astin. John. Yeah, John Astin. Yeah, that's a John Astin. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm a huge, I'm a huge, huge fan of um, uh, the original Adams Family television show. Yeah. And he is amazing in this movie. It's it's like perfect casting. They couldn't have cast <laughs> that character any better. Um, but, but, but yeah, he's that's such he's a my favorite movie. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But you could but you you know, Aston is just chewing the scenery the entire time. He's having a blast. You could see it in his face and he's just having a damn good old time. True. Yeah. yeah. But, no, the only thing I liked about it is the soundtrack cuz uh, the soundtrack is very 80s and it's yeah. it's got a lot of fun songs on it. Um but yeah, I I really fucking hate it. It's like they took the first movie and they went let's remake that. As as close as we possibly can, but remove all of the heart and charm. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's more right. slap. It's more slapstick than the first movie too. Yeah, it's it, uh, it, and the the new styles really was jarring because like I was like, wait a second, that's not styles. Yeah. No, like and again, I couldn't find why they recast and they also recast the coach. Yeah, the the, mm. the coach of the uh, the the boxing team is the coach from the basketball team at the. At the <laughs> From the first one, or at least it's supposed to be the same guy. But of yep. course, they recast it, so no one knew that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand why they had to cast style, recast the style character. Like yeah. they didn't even need him. Like they could have had Chubby in there, and Chubby could have been the connection to the first one. Exactly. You know, because Chubby was a lovable character from the first one. Why wasn't he the connection point? I don't know. <laughs> it, it was awful. <laughs> It was, it was. I'll, I'll take your comment about the soundtrack, which I love. Yeah, I was totally like singing along with the soundtrack a couple of times. You know, some of the songs that came on, like Send Me an Angel at the end. It was great. Yep. But then uh, the flip side, the thing that I thought was the worst thing about the movie was the the score. Like not the, the music that was in the background of, you know, in the not the pop songs, right? And the score is so slow. Like the pace of the songs, the tempo of the songs is so slow. And it sounds so like sad and serious. And so they're trying to make supposedly uh, a comedy, just like the first one was a comedy. And like you said, they took all like the sort of the charm and the heart out of it. But it's, it's hard to 
care or laugh or anything about any of the characters because the music it makes it sound like every scene like they're at a funeral or something you know it's like right. somber and like it kept messing with me too and it makes the movie which is already like has a pace that just drags and it just makes it worse because it just sounds like it's going so slow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, exactly. Oh God, it took me like four sittings to get through it. I kept pausing it to like, go get a snack and then go, nah, I'm gonna go read something. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> for some, for some odd reason, I was actually able to get through it in one time, which was kind of a shock as it, as I went, you know, further through it. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, for some odd reason, I didn't pay attention to the music, probably because I was just paying attention to the bad acting. Um, <laughs> like yes. the guy that plays Gus, what the hell? He's like trying to be the Terminator or something yeah. with like his look. <laughs> and his why? And why is the one one girl like? I know it's in college, I get that, but why is the one girl only only from the south? Like, why is <laughs> she the only one with like an accent? Like, what is that about? And even even her and her best friend are not attractive. So they're playing on the Pamela thing again. Yeah. But I think they're doing it unintentionally, but they're doing it like it's uh, it, it's kind of mind boggling because <laughs> Nikki, his love interest is, again, just like Booth in the first one, hotter than anybody else on screen when they're on screen. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense to me. Oh, man. Yeah. So. Uh, before we get too far into just dunking repeatedly on Teen Wolf 2, because we could spend a whole hour just like picking oh, yeah. this movie apart. Like, it would be terrible, but it's not really a, a, a movie review podcast. So I am over here just like biting my tongue like, oh, I want to say everything that's fucking terrible about this movie. <laughs> but uh, in the interest oh, of – Oh, one last thing. Sorry, real quick, real quick. I know they, they call him a dog in the beginning, which I don't get either. Um, but then – he plays into the dog thing by catching a frisbee with his mouth. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. It's so uh, weird. He's not a werewolf. He's a weird dog. <laughs> he's he's a puppy. <laughs> what the fuck? All right. Oh, continue. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, in the interest of like hopefully having or you know in this fantasy football world that we create of like improving our own stories to replace and fix real life movies and TV shows that suck, I think we should probably spend some time talking about like what we would do to make this franchise better. So, in the interest of like of doing that, let's back up a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about what these movies are for anyone who's listening who maybe hasn't seen them ever or hasn't seen them in a long time. I mean, these are like 30 year old almost movies. So let me back up just a little bit. We'll get into the, the nuts and bolts and then we'll talk about, Ooh, like what are we going to do? You know? <laughs> so, yeah, the original movie came out in 1985, just called Teen Wolf. Uh, Michael J. Fox was a superstar on family ties on TV. And I have to look it up because I, forgot to do this before we started recording whether he did back to the future before or after this but the point is that like his star was i think rising. He, i think he filmed it before this and i think they filmed teen wolf because again this was part of my little investigation mm -hmm. they filmed it in the 21 day window he had yeah. off from filming uh you know the show so yeah. i think i think he filmed i think back to the future it came out in the summer of the same year that this did, but I think Back to the Future was filmed first because I think yeah. they filmed it like in October to keep that chill, cool kind of thing. Yeah. You know, the whatever. Yeah, continue. Sorry. No, that's fine. I mean, no, it, yeah, it makes total sense. Like it, 1985 was like the year of Michael J. Fox. He was a big star and it was a big hit movie. I mean, it may not be the best movie, but it's a really fun movie. It's a good example of like a raunchy, you know, 80s teen comedy. It's not super raunchy, but you know, it has its moments. But 
you know, hell, I saw this movie when I, I must have been five or six years old. So, you know, <laughs> you know, so I loved it at the time, but I didn't I didn't love it for like, you know, Pamela taking her shirt off. I loved it because it was like it's a fun movie about, you know, a small town boy who's like a nerd and he gets bullied and picked on, which, you know, I think we can relate to. And then he, beca- he suddenly becomes like the most popular kid in school. And the way he does it is because he finds out he's a werewolf um, and that it's like a it, it's in his like, you know, family bloodline. His dad's a werewolf. They say his I don't think his mom was and they said it skips generations sometimes but they have this this uh, legacy in their family of being werewolves and uh not like at the full moon necessarily but just kind of like whenever they want to <laughs> you know so yeah, uh, Mike, which is strange yeah uh, Michael J. Fox plays this character, Scott. Like I said, he's kind of a nerdy guy, you know, kind of picked on. But he's on the basketball team. And the basketball team sucks. They have, like, one player who's taking it seriously who's actually pretty good. And then you get, like, Scott, who's, like, this little shrimpy skinny dude. You get, like, Chubb, who he must just be doing it for, like, a P.E. credit or something because, you know, <laughs> not, not because he's, like, you know, he's the stereotypical 80s movie fat character. But yep. just because he stands on the court, like, eating eggs and just and apples and just hanging out you know like he's not even trying to play he's just like whatever i'm here for my grade you know <laughs> but like side side note like what was up with that there's like chunk and fat kid and chub like why did every 80s movie have to have like the sidekick fat character who all the other characters just called fat ass to his face like right what, what the hell they, there, there was never they never had a a flattering nickname it yeah. was always chubs chunk fat kid <laughs> like and did you guys notice that there was a weird food thing going with both of the movies? Like, you got Charlie eating all the time, liverwurst and shit in his locker. And then in the second one, he's got that refrigerator in his dorm room with a clear door. Yeah. But also, the coach, who is in mm-hmm. both movies, is eating in both movies all the time. And mm-hmm. he's eat, when he go, when Scott goes to his office the one time, he's eating KFC. And then there's a there's a scene in, in Teen Wolf 2 where Todd and Nikki are eating KFC at that picnic that they'd have. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Weird I don't product know. placement. Yeah, right. It's kind of strange, but I, 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 but yeah, the original movie, Michael J. Fox was really the only like name in the movie. But um, I, I'm a big fan. We mentioned Chubb, you know, played by Mark Holton, who's in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. He plays grown up Stillwell at the end of A League of Their Own. Like he should have done a whole lot more. Like he was a really fun uh, character actor uh, from the time. Um, but yeah, there's not really any name actors in the movie other than Michael well, J. Fox. But go r- ahead. R- real quick connection to the Boogeyman's Closet. He did co- he did play uh, John Wayne Gacy in the Gacy film from the early 2000s. Oh, I um, about we, that. we actually covered that. I want to say our first, yeah, our first year of uh, oh, doing wow. the show. Um, it's definitely, it's not one of the better ones of those early serial killer <laughs> movies, but he, he played, he does great in it. So, yeah, yeah I, think the, I think the Mick character, the guy that played Mick, he's supposed to be neighbor Joe in the new Christmas story movie that's coming out. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually, I've seen the trailer and I'm actually looking forward to a Christmas story Christmas because <laughs> everyone knows that Christmas story is my favorite movie of all time. I had the leg lamp tattooed on my arm. And so it's I was in, really it's in my top nine. That's one thing <laughs> that we, it's kind of crazy. We got two brothers on this podcast right now and two of their favorite movies are equally the same movie lost boys yeah. and a christmas story it's kind of crazy but yeah <laughs> well yeah we, hey we grew up watching a lot of the same stuff too you know um but yeah so like you said the movie has a lot of like heart and soul and what's interesting 
uh, I think what made it good at the time is it's actually written by Jeff Loeb, right? Who mm-hmm. later on went on to write other movies like Commando. We talked about that when we did our, our first Ernieverse episode. But yes. then up in, you know, most recently, he was the chief creative officer of Marvel Entertainment. And he's been working with Kevin Feige for years on, on you know, bringing Marvel characters to, you know, the big and small screen. So he's become like a huge mover and shaker in Hollywood. And he wrote a lot of like classic you know stories for both Marvel and DC you know probably his most famous one is Batman the Long Halloween uh, which uh, has been mined for a lot of the Batman movies you know like mm-hmm. bits and bits and pieces of it over the years so yeah Jeff Lobis had a huge influence in Hollywood and this was his first movie and it right off the right off the bat I think he did a really really good job he wrote exactly the type of comedy that he knew would be a hit at that time to that demographic mm-hmm. oh yeah 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 so it's a fun movie you know and yeah so scott becomes a werewolf he the werewolf makes him like strong and fast and confident and for some reason everyone in the town just loves it like nobody's really nobody's really afraid of him i mean there's a couple of scenes where he scares people but everyone just embraces it like it's the most amazing thing he becomes this like local celebrity the star of the basketball team and of course it's a movie so you know things go wrong he hits you know he hits rock bottom here and there you know his his friends kind of turn on him and you know obviously i'm rushing through the plot but you know ultimately he has to learn a lesson that you know he needs to just be himself he can't just be the wolf all the time he can't rely on this like crutch that he has you know to you know go out with like the popular girl or be in the popular crowd but like people really just want him to be him for scott you know and and his best friend boof he obviously liked him just for him and he ultimately is able to go and win the championship basketball uh, game uh with just him and rallying the rest of the team to like hey guys like let's do this let's take it seriously like we don't need the wolf like we can do this just ourselves we don't need this you know this uh, superpower or whatever you want to call it and you know so it, there's a nice lesson there too about hey man just be yourself you know right uh, <laughs> and then a couple of years later you know, we Hollywood cashes in on, on the huge hit of Teen Wolf, and so they obviously they want to make a second one. And yeah, you mentioned it earlier. It's like they just made the movie over again. They just like <laughs> it's like they just photocopied the script and went through and were just like, okay, change basketball to boxing, change high school to college, you know. And yep. it's like, and they just change all the characters' names. And I, I didn't look up the trivia, so I, I don't know exactly, but I got the impression that they really probably wanted to have Michael J. Fox come back and just be Scott again, but he obviously didn't come back. I did hear that he was like, I will never do that makeup again. And so they were like, fine, we'll just cast this other, you know, TV teen heartthrob actor in Jason Bateman and have him be Scott's cousin. Sure. Why not? And he's a werewolf too. And <laughs> because he, you know, he doesn't know he's a werewolf just like Scott didn't, they get to tell the same story all over again. And it's the same beat for beat story, except again, it's boxing instead of basketball. He doesn't learn a goddamn thing. He's a fucking asshole through the whole movie. And yep. there's this, there's just montage after montage. And yeah, it's crazy because the first time that he turns into the werewolf, with other people around and he really uses it to his advantage. And then there's this huge choreographed dance sequence. Where, <laughs> at a uh, it broke my goddamn brain. It broke my goddamn brain. <laughs> and it's like, wait, how did they learn this whole dance in like an hour? Like what happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and why did it, why did he get like, it took, it's took Scott a little bit longer to get to that popularity level. Whereas right. Todd's version of it, it was like, Five minutes later, he's like the rock star on campus, and then he's getting a car from the dean, and they're driving around and chugs <laughs> in that in the ascot and the the drinking coat or whatever, you know, like the <laughs> drinking jacket, smoking jacket. That's what it was. And 
I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It it turned into like a Caddyshack movie for like 30 minutes. It, was, <laughs> yep. it was really weird. Like, again, I love Caddyshack, but it didn't work in a Teen Wolf setting. But that's kind of what happened. Like, oh, God. Or it turned yeah. into <laughs> like a Porky's or something or something else. And also, I tried watching Porky's yesterday, and that's a whole nother story. I won't even get into that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like the first five minutes, all the way they talk, I'm whatever. Um, but... Yeah, it was. Ooh, con- sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's painful. Yeah, it's painful, and I'm kind of just like, you know, let's just get through it. But yeah, it, it, you know, Michael J. Fox wasn't the only one that came back. You guys mentioned earlier that uh, again, it's just the same fucking movie. So they're like, oh, we gotta have some like, you know, wacky sidekick and names. You know, it's Styles, and in this case, they tried to make it the same character who's just like at the same college as Scott's uh, cousin Todd, but it's played by a different actor who has absolutely no charm, no charisma, no. And he's the younger ability. guy too. They don't yeah. even get the same kind of aged actor, like you know. Uh, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't play the character the same way. Like he's he's more like introspective and and. He's also kind of a doofus, but it's like the actor just didn't didn't pull it off. In fact, the only actors that came back, the only ones were uh, James Hampton, who played Scott's father, who's now Todd's uncle. You know, he's the older werewolf who's kind of like the mentor figure. And then uh, we mentioned Chubb already played by Mark Holton, who, again, just miraculously goes to the same college and is in the same dorm, you know, because, again, it was just the same movie. And they were like, ah, what the hell? Just leave Chubb in there. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I think it would have been better. Like, I wouldn't have mind, you know, Chubb's being there because, again, he was a good guy. But I think they could have cast a different person to kind of be that styles character or that connection character or that thing that kind of allows him to kind of the whole college to embrace him. Like they could have had a guy like a Van Wilder kind of guy, even mm-hmm. though this is before Van Wilder, of course. Yeah. But those characters have always existed in eighties movies about height, about college. Look at fucking animal house or like PCU mm-hmm. in the nineties. They, those characters exist. They could have had somebody completely different. It yeah. could have been like the Jeremy Piven character, mm-hmm. you know, it, from PCU. They could have just, yep. ca- ca- you know, wrote it's, a character like that. The, simply the the campus party animal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I always think of it as like the big clown on campus, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and that's what that's what style should have been. And and eventually they tried to have him play that role, just like he did in the first movie. Where of course, again, anyone who's not familiar in the first movie, everyone loved Scott as the werewolf. They embraced it, and his best friend Styles, who's this you know smooth talker, you know hustler, life of the party kind of a guy, class clown. You know, he just totally uh, takes advantage of it, and, and you know, not in a bad way, but he's like, oh man, yeah, I'm gonna make you the most popular kid in school. You know, he's like arranging uh, ways for him to like meet girls and go to parties and he's selling merch with you know, the Teen Wolf and I Love Wolf <laughs> or Wolf Fever or whatever on it. And it's like and he's, and I think Styles is the best character in the first movie. He's so fun. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just <laughs> and I'll, I'll say this, too. So for me, for me, the biggest like difference between the two, two between the two movies that just illustrates how much of a failure Teen Wolf 2 T.O.O. is is uh, in the first movie, there's a there's a really cool sequence where Styles is trying to buy a keg of beer from the local liquor store. And, you know, the older gentleman who runs the store is just not having it. He's not not going to take this high school kids bullshit. He needs I.D. or no beer. And, uh, you know, they try a couple of times. But, of course, when Scott goes in there and asks for a keg of beer, the old man, you know, gets mad at him. And then Scott just, you know, puts on like this wolf voice and his eyes glow red. He's like, give me a keg of beer. <laughs> you know, and, and he's, these. <laughs> and he's yeah, and he scares the guy 
interview of giving him the beer. And then in Team Wolf 2, you know, Todd goes to like the registrar to like change classes. And before he even asks, like he's just waiting in line, listening to this lady be mean to all the other students. And then the, he just walks up to the counter and his eyes glow red and he doesn't even know he's a werewolf yet. And he just goes like, you know, I want to change some classes. And she's like, yeah, sure. Have your teacher sign this, you know, and it's like, <laughs> but, but don't bring it back to me. <laughs> exactly. But it's like, it's like, it, it, it it's like the no same. Sense. It well, it's the no same sense. energy. Yeah, it's the same energy. It's the same sequence. But in the second one, it's just so fucking stupid. Like, who cares yeah. about the, who cares about the class change? Who cares about this this person, this character we've never seen before? There was no setup to it. You know, mm-hmm. that we, we didn't see Styles go in there and fail to do it. We don't care. Like, they wanted the beer for the big party because the party scene was like, you know, it's a pivotal event where, you know, Scott's going to, you know, try to like, you know, get out of his comfort zone and ask out the popular girl or whatever. And it's a big pop. It's a it's a fun scene in the movie. So, like, the beer was an important plot element but him changing classes is bullshit because the second he walks into the classroom that he wanted to get into the professor's like oh yeah of course like you're the science genius of course you're in my class and like that whole <laughs> sequence was worthless yeah it's even worthless because of the fact that it's not real like it you would have been able to easily change your class if you needed to unless the class was full we've all been to college we know how it works it's, <laughs> exactly <laughs> it was, it was, oh my god uh, as long as you have the prerequisites and the class is not full, you can usually get into the class that you want. <laughs> but but oh no, the lady doesn't want to do her job. You're not allowed to change classes. She's scary. Oh she's, no, she's too busy. She's <laughs> got to watch her stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Got to see my stories. Oh man, yeah. So I think it's pretty obvious that Team Wolf, good movie. Team Wolf Two, fucking utter garbage. Never should have been made. <laughs> you know. And yep. I don't normally like to take that stance in the show because we it wasn't that long ago that we had like a whole off week special episode talking about like dumpster diving for like good sh- pop culture shit, you know, uh, amongst, you know, the the pearls amongst the swine. And I'm sure that there are people out there who are fans of Teen Wolf, too. Um, but I'm sorry. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> if, if there are, I've never met one. I know. <laughs> It has very few redeeming qualities, but Team Wolf is so good. And like Back to the Future, which ended up having some great sequels. And I know everyone, not everyone likes the sequels to Back to the Future, but they're, they're awesome. And, you know, they became better than this sequel. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, they became like, you know, uh, uh, really um, loved parts of that franchise. You know, if Back to the Future is a trilogy and whether you like them or not, you can't argue that. So I definitely think that Teen Wolf needed to have a solid sequel. It deserved to have a solid sequel. So um, I don't know, Mike, what do you want to do? What, like, what do you think we should do here? Like, how do we erase Teen Wolf 2 from <laughs> existence and do something else? Well, I think we could go one of honestly one of three ways here. Um I think we could attempt to save what is actually there rather than and then erase it altogether and just figure out what would have been a better story of Scott's cousin at college. Or we could say, fuck that, have Scott go to college and follow him. Or even still, we could like kind of fast forward this, throw it, you know, throw it like 10, 15 years into the future where Scott is now the adult. He has kids of his own and the. Teen Wolf 2 refers to his kids. Yeah, I think that's a pretty cool idea. Um, I'm going to go ahead and veto that last idea, because even though I think it would be great and it would have been probably a better hook for that TV show we got like 10 years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. But we did kind of the same thing with our Goonies 2 T.O.O. That's true. That is true. I forgot about that. That was like our our third episode, I think. Um, 
So I, I do think that's a great idea. But, uh, you know, Justin, if you're on board, I think it would be fun to just forget Teen Wolf 2, but the same general concept of like the Teen Wolf in in college. I think that is a really good, uh, it's a good hook. And there's so much material there for like an actually good, you know, college, you know, party Again, raunchy comedy. It would have fit right in with all these other movies that were popular in the 90s uh, or the 80s, rather. Um, you know, we mentioned things like Animal House and Revenge of the Nerds, and there's a, there was a shitload of them. And I think it would have been, it would have fit right in. It would have been perfect. It would have been a big hit. So I guess the question becomes, you know, and and fuck Todd, like it's Scott. We're gonna talk about Scott. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even that if they works. brought, <laughs> even if they wanted to use Jason Bateman, like fine, recast him. I don't care, but it's got to be Scott. So I guess the question becomes, well, what does Scott do after high school? Like, where does he go? What does he want to do with his life? Like, these are the questions we gotta ask. Like, what do you think, Justin? Any, anything coming to mind? Hmm. He didn't. Re- that's kind of a hard one because he didn't really specify, you know, specify anything in the first movie, or didn't hear anything about what he actually wanted to do with this life. He was, you know, always talking about, ha- ha- you know, problems and stuff, and he just worked at the hardware store and was playing basketball. He did have interest in the theater, but that was mainly just to get with Pamela. So <laughs> yeah, right. I, I don't, I don't know. Like that would, that's a tricky one. The only thing I can think of would be. Maybe he goes into college and he keeps on with the basketball thing mm-hmm. and mainly maybe he becomes, you know, because if it's a couple of years later, like this is like, you know, the original one was two years later. So maybe we just kind of bump it a couple more years later. So maybe he's a senior in college or something like that. And he um, is starting to help uh, as kind of like, you know, um you know, an assistant coach to the actual coach that's there. Like he's been there so long that, you know, Mm -hmm. he's actually gotten really good and that maybe he's helping, you know, coach young kids and maybe a younger person who's been coming, you know, maybe he's a freshman now or they're a freshman and he learns that this freshman is a wolf and, and they're and but, you know, and maybe the experience of like Todd's character in, in the second one is actually, the experience of a kid that Scott is trying to coach. So maybe the Scott becomes like his dad in a way, you know, Mm -hmm. like that same kind of trying to be a helpful person, but Scott's not necessarily maybe the main character, but Scott's there, but the main character is this younger guy. And actually, hell, it could even be Jason Bateman, but it's just a different, he's cast as somebody else. So Scott's there, maybe Chubby's there, potentially, I don't know, maybe Styles is there, but that might be a way to do it. Cause then we're, cause I don't, the hard part is, um, trying to continue that story with Scott and the thing with him, like, how do you tell it again? Uh, yeah, right. You know, in college with him, well, like, what do you do to actually kind of bring that back? It's like the same thing with back to the future. They're still playing with time, but they're telling different stories within mm. that universe every time. So like the second one, it's about mainly about his kids initially, but then it turns out to be a story about Biff changing the future or, or changing the past. And then the, uh, the, you know, the third one is about, you know, their ancestors, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and it actually becomes more of a story about Doc, too, at the end. So right. so I think maybe that's a concept. I don't know. I'm okay. not sure. I, I kind of like where you're going with this. So just just kind of kind of hear me out for a sec. So we we do let's let's almost do the Van Wilder shtick where it's mm-hmm. like where Scott, you know, does embrace the wolf and all that. He You know, he learned his lesson that he can't be the wolf all the time. But he's still the popular kid. Maybe he is a popular senior at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe we have this like nebbish, nerdy, you know, young kid coming to college and getting picked on, and, and Scott notices him, 
kind of takes him under his wing. Maybe Scott is like the new Styles. You know, mm, he's yes. like super, yeah. you know, super uh, popular. Everyone loves him. You know, yeah, Chubbs can be there. Hell, Styles could even be there. Or maybe Styles isn't going to college. He's just like he runs like a convenience store off campus where they all yeah. get beer or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he works at the liquor store. Yeah, he's yeah, the guy exactly. who sells some beer. That's perfect, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, so we have we have this this young kid. And instead of having the, the teacher that's the werewolf in the second one, we, we have the, the two refers to this young freshman mm-hmm. who maybe he's terrified of becoming a werewolf. Like, you know, he's maybe he's seen it. Obviously, he's gone through puberty at this point. He's in college. Mm-hmm. So he knows what can happen to him. But he's like always trying to repress it. And it's a maybe maybe the message of this movie is be yourself, mm-hmm. you know, like learn to embrace who you are type of. Thing. That's what the first one was about, you know, like, so why not? Mm. Why can't the second one be the same thing again? Same thing with the Back to the Future. They all have the baseline yeah. story. Exactly. That family matters first mm. and foremost, your family and your friends. And that's what keeps, you know, that's why people like the Back to the Future movies. Because it's yeah. not about the time travel. That's just kind of the vessel of telling the story of a kid, you know, mm. trying to figure out who he is in the first one, trying to figure out, you know, where he's going in the second one. And mm. then the third one, realizing that, hey, I know who I am. I'm happy with who I am. And I'm going to help my my old friend here who seems to be going through the same problems I'm going through. Yeah, through. right. That's a really cool way of, uh, you know, a very succinct way of wrapping up that trilogy. I think that's awesome. You know, I, okay, so you guys were talking, and I had the, the light bulb moment, right? All the light bulbs are going off, right? We haven't used our catchphrase in a while. Um, okay, so hear me out, too. Um, I'm going to kind of piece together what I heard and what I think is going to work, and I think it's an awesome, like, setup. And I have a little bit of, like, there's a scene I want to do already, like, I'm thinking toward the end, right? So check this out. So, yeah, we have it exactly what you said, right? We, we, we find out later on in the movie when at some point scott and the new kid we'll call him todd why not that's the name they used in teen wolf too right so scott and todd at some point later on in the movie they're going to have like a little heart-to-heart talk and what we're going to find out and, and i'm trying to tell this chronologically is right after high school like scott didn't know what he, what he wanted to do with his life right he knew like winning the basketball uh, championship and kind of coming to grips with who he is as a person without the wolf and you know realizing that hey everything i wanted was was right there like i was you know it was right in front of me i just didn't know it you know he kind of learned that lesson but then after high school it was like well what was he do with himself like you know justin you mentioned he didn't really have any interests you know he was you know kind of uh flailing in high school mm-hmm. um and so what we find out is that he didn't go to college right away he just went and worked at his dad's uh hardware store after school you know or after high, high school and you know of course you know styles we find out styles and chubb they, they, they go to hamilton university and they're like oh come on scott you gotta come with us like you know you, you got a full scholarship because you won you know the basketball championship and and they knew about the wolf um and so he, he had like this full ride, but he didn't want to do it because he was like, no, like they wanted the wolf. Like and that's just like high school all over again. They wanted the wolf and I don't want to be the wolf. Like I want to be Scott. Like I don't want to take the scholarship. It's just like a moral thing. You know, I don't feel good about it. So like you guys go off to college and I'll save my money and I'll go next year when I can afford it. You know, because, you know, he and his dad weren't like super well off. You know, maybe he had to save some money up. Right. So. But then, yeah, we find that out later on. So, but when the movie starts, it's like, yes, like Scott's already in in, in college. He's been there for a couple of years. You know, Styles flunked out like the first semester. You know, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, right? Yeah. So, yeah, he he runs the little like you know liquor store, convenience store, whatever in town that sells them their beer for their parties. You know, Chubb's still there. You know, but he's doing awesome. I think Chubb should be like the ladies' man. Like, I think mm-hmm. that would be an awesome twist. On <laughs> I that, agree. Right? I, yeah. On that show. Like he goes to college and it's like no one cares because he's just like, you know, yeah, he's he's just slaying ladies left and right. Like everyone loves <laughs> Chubb because he's so like, you know, cute and lovable and nice. And anyway, 
Yep, and yeah, exactly, Scott. So he's now he's so embraced who he really is that he's gone to the opposite end of the spectrum. He's super confident. You know, all that, uh, all those years of being friends with Styles has rubbed off on him. He doesn't have these like stupid high school bullies anymore. It's like more like the real world, grown up concerns. And yeah, it may be not Van Wilder level, you know, like party animal, but you know he. He is 100% confident. And yeah, you know, maybe, you know, he throws parties at his house and like his old buddies show up. Styles brings the beer. And yeah, there's this younger kid. And, you know, like for whatever reason, he just kind of notices him, you know. And hell, maybe, you know, Scott's still on the basketball team all these years later and he's doing awesome. You know, he's like, the, he's, a, he's a starter on the team or something, right? Um, so maybe this new kid's on the basketball team. Maybe he's just one of his classes. I'm not sure how he meets him. But, you know, there's just something about this kid where he's like, oh, he just, he just reminds me of me. And what, what Scott doesn't realize is that, yeah, he reminds me of you because he's a fucking werewolf. And like, he can like, you know, <laughs> maybe at some point we have a conversation where like, you know, Scott's dad comes to visit and he's like, yeah, you know, werewolves can sense werewolves, you know. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, so they, there's there's kind of this uh uh this like sixth sense or whatever. So yeah, you know, he sees this kid getting like you know bullied, and it's like, oh no, like that's me in high school all over again. I gotta like take this kid under my wing, be as be as like mentor, right? Um, so I think that's a good place to start. We can kind of jump off from there and figure out like we need to plot, like what happens to Todd? You know, what are the ups and the downs? What is Scott gonna help him with? But there's two other elements I want to quickly throw in uh, to kind of keep in mind. One is. I always thought it was weird. Even as a kid, I thought it was weird that he Scott turned into a werewolf and nobody really thought it was that strange. And when I say nobody, I mean mm-hmm. like it wasn't in the newspaper. The he didn't yep. have like he didn't have like fucking government spooks showing up to like right. di- dissect him. <laughs> you know, like nobody wanted to use him as like a weapon for the military. You know what I mean? Like nobody tried to lock him up. Like even when he like, you know, hurt people, they were like, Oh, he's just a werewolf. Like that's you know, like <laughs> Right. And I thought That's it was what so, werewolves do. Yeah. And so what I think is interesting is um, is what they never explicitly mentioned in the first movie. But when I was watching it a couple of days ago, I kind of was thinking about this in the back of my head. They never also like really um, they know they never say anything that would prevent this idea, which is that in this world, werewolves are a thing. They're not common, right? It's it's like an albino, right? Like a, like a like a person with albinism. Like you don't see them very often, and when you do, you're like, oh, that's cool. Like you know, they stand out. But like right. it's a it's a thing. So I think that that would be a great thing where everyone was so excited about having a wolf because they were like, oh, cool, we have our own wolf in our school. You know, like we're yeah. just small small town America, middle of nowhere. You know, there's nobody cool who ever came from uh, from this town. But now we have our own wolf. You know. Mm-hmm. And that's it, it why makes, it makes sense because in the remember in the beginning of Teen Wolf, the actual Teen Wolf too, you know they they stop at that crosswalk and the two girls see the you know uh, mm-hmm. you know his uncle change and they, they, their reaction is like oh you know like it's more of like oh there's a wolf <laughs> it's yeah. not like ah run they were like ooh neat <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly right and I think we, the reason I want to throw that in there is because I think. And I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I gotta have to throw the spoiler in here because I think we need to get to it, right? So, mm-hmm. spo- spoiler alert for, for anyone who wants to <laughs> skip this part. I guess I don't know, but we have to have like a Mick character. We have to have somebody yeah. in the in the some bully uh, in the movie who is like picking on Todd, right? And and it's like and maybe Scott thinks it's weird. Like, dude, we're not in high school anymore. Like, leave the fucking kid alone. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you always giving him a hard time? You know, like, and then we get that, like, you know, alpha beta mentality, you know, like he's this frat dude who's given nebbish little Todd a hard time. Right. Yeah. He's just mm-hmm. like douchebag, like Gus. Exactly. From the, so, yeah, we call him Gus. There you go. And but so the secret thing we find out later on, big twist, is that because there's like werewolves in this world, like Gus 
knew that Todd was a werewolf because, again, he could sense it because Gus comes from a family of werewolves, but he got skipped. So he remember, uh, remember okay, right? Remember how his dad in the first movie said that he skips generations sometimes. Yep. So Gus is a jerk because he is so fu- he's like the squib. He's the uh, who's the guy from Harry Potter? The the uh, the Argus Filch. Yeah, that guy. Remember, and, and and he hates wizards. He lives in the wizarding world, but he's he hates these little wizard kids because he never got wizard powers and they did. So he's like super jealous of them, and he's like an asshole. And that's what this Gus guy is going to be. And like, yeah, he knows about Scott, but like Scott's too popular, too cool. Like he can't really mess with Scott. But Todd, yeah, he can fuck with Todd because Todd, you know, he, so so he's going to mess with Todd because he's a jealous asshole who's like, well, why does this little prick get to be a wolf? Like, look at me, I look like fucking Schwarzenegger. I should be a wolf, <laughs> you know. <laughs> There we go. Okay, yeah, no, no, that makes a that makes a good villain. I like it. It also plays into the. I didn't watch the show, but I with watching these two movies, I did a little. I read the description of the show they, that MTV produced. You know, in the uh, yeah. like 2011 mm-hmm. on or whatever it was, and that's what it. That's what they played on. Like Beacon Hills, which is the version of Beacon Town in the show, is just like a supernatural hub, and okay. there's actually families of werewolves, and actually, um. Scott's are the character of Scott in the show. His first love interest, she's a werewolf hunter. She's from werewolf oh. hunting family. So it actually plays into the mythos that you're talking about. Okay. So like this show actually, could, the original show could be a part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But only thing they did different with the show is um, Scott gets bit by mm-hmm. a wolf and becomes a wolf. So he's not born one like he is, yeah. you know, in the in the movie, which I think is probably a better way of doing it. But there's always these people getting bit, becoming vampires and werewolves. <laughs> Do something different. <laughs> Yeah. Real, real quick, I just want to comment on uh, what was the the douchebag in the first movie? I forget his name. Mick, the Mick. bully. Mick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what was that whole thing where he comments on knowing how to handle your kind, and he says that he, his mother used to steal chickens from the chicken coop until he yeah. blew her head off with a shotgun? Like, yeah. that was so a it, weird comment. That was a very yeah. strange comment. So did like, like Mick murder Scott's mom? Well, I, what? Uh, I don't think so. I think he was just being a real dick. But it would the way yeah. he the way his inflection on it was very mm. much like, yeah, did he actually do it? <laughs> yeah. Well, or when I was a kid, dad... I, yeah, when I was a kid, I used to think that I used to think that exactly that that you know Mick or Mick's family had actually killed Scott's mom because his mom wasn't around, you know. But right. no, I, I but after you know after seeing the movie as an adult, I realized that you know Mick was just being a douchebag. He was just saying like you're just an animal. You're the same. You're just a, a a predator like a wolf or a fox that comes around the chicken coop. And when they come around, I sh- I just shoot him. And you're nothing special, Scott. Just because you're a fucking wolf, that doesn't mean nothing to me. I'm gonna shoot you like I've sh- shot every other wolf that came sniffing around the backyard, you know. Right. But it just seemed weird that he was like yeah. your mom, like, yeah. <laughs> like specifically, was, I shot your mom. He was just I think he was just, you know, digging. Like, dig, he knew that what was going to hurt. I think that's what he said. He knew yeah. that Scott would be sensitive about it. So he he said something mean, like just to hurt him, you know. Um, but it's it's so you mentioned the parents, too. And that made me think, hey, you know, what would be cool is how we find out that Gus in our movie got skipped is I think it'd be cool if his dad is a dean or someone who works on campus and he's not he's not a bad guy he's just a guy who's there and maybe he's like scott's favorite you know biology teacher or something yeah, yeah. you know and like and every time you know gus is messing with todd of course scott wants to help maybe you see like you know i don't know uh i don't i don't know what the hell what just call him you know what's his name mr michaels i don't care. i'm just making something up right so mm-hmm. when mr michaels comes around he's he'll, he'll always come around and be like you know gus what have i told you you know whatever and it's like he's just this I don't know why I'm thinking about it, but I, I don't. This popped into my head. If you think of um, 
Lawrence Fishburne's character from Higher Learning, that when he played oh, that yeah, professor, yeah. where he was oh, like this, yeah. this older, wiser professor who like he didn't take anybody's bullshit, but he was also kind of like this mentor who was telling people how it was, you know. But whatever. I the point being, I think that he should be like this older, wiser guy on campus, and he's going to kind of play the role of of Scott's dad. But like later on, like in the third act, like we'll have some kind of a some kind of a of a showdown, some kind of a, a face-off where, you know, Gus is going to try to beat up Todd or whatever. And, you know, when we finally, again, I'm jumping way to the end, but when we finally get this like third act reveal, like you're going to see, you know, the, the professor Michaels like walk out of like the shadows all wolfed out and be like, Gus, what have I told you? <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and it'll kind of fill the same role as like professor Brooks from, or have shit fuck Michaels. Brooks is the name of the professor, the lady professor mm-hmm. from team wolf too, or hell, it could, even, it could even be like, you know, Gus's mom. And he's like, Oh mom, you know, <laughs> <laughs> whatever <you know? laughs> and then have have professor brooks kind of explain like okay yes you know you know, forgive our little gussie you know he, he you know he, he, he he's a little asshole yeah he got <laughs> he got skipped over and he's never been happy about it you know and again this will be our our denouement moment where you know every, everything kind of ends in happy and a happy uh, ending but of course we have to have conflict before we can get there mm-hmm. of course so now we're at the point where it's like okay so what is that conflict going to be right <laughs> It's like, okay, so we get Todd at the school. Yeah, we have to figure out, yeah, we have to figure out what Todd's, you know, what he is at the school, like what he's going for, you know, like, because, you know, he's not necessarily on the basketball team, you know, just Scott just notices him. So, you know, Scott's on the basketball team doing that stuff. Maybe he noticed, maybe, maybe Todd goes to a basketball game, you know, Scott's games or something. And that's when, you know, uh, Scott first notices him, but we need to. I think we need to figure out what he, why he's there and why Gus would run into him, even though there, you know, even Gus might, even though Gus is not a werewolf, he might have that same sense that, you know, the rest of the werewolves do like, maybe that is one thing he got, but, um, again, we gotta, we gotta have how they come across each other where that Mm -hmm. conflict starts. How about this? How about we do, uh, we mirror the party sequence from the first movie. So we have like, some kind of, you know, off-campus party. You know, Styles is obviously there with the beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a few freshmen show up. And maybe, you know, the Todd character is just like, I don't know if they want us here. We're freshmen. You know, that kind of, like, the yeah. nervous, you know, uh, we, we're not allowed here type of mentality that we mm-hmm. get in all of these college movies. So they go, to the, they go to the party. And, you know, maybe Scott, not knowing who the kid is, we do the whole seven minutes in heaven type thing. Just like in the first movie. Like, ah, your turn. And throws him in the closet with somebody. Mm-hmm. And the nerves start acting up. Dude freaks out. There's the wolf moment, scares the girl. She goes running out. And then maybe Gus can grab and be like, get the fuck out of here, you freak. And like kind of bully him out of the party. And then Scott Mm -hmm. goes to check on the kid and is like, hey, man, what's going on? And and this is where they start to talk. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we should get Scott's whole backstory here. Or or maybe he can, you know, maybe uh, Todd can be like, yeah, you know, I never should have come here. Like, I didn't want to even come to this college. You know, like, I only came here because they offered me, you know, like an academic scholarship or whatever. And, you know, because, you know, because... I think very much like Todd in the Teen Wolf 2 that we got, you know, maybe he is like some kind of like a, you know, biology genius or something, you know. And then, yeah, and then this is where Scott says, hey, man, like I was there with you, man, right after high school, you know, like I didn't, you know, I didn't go to college right away. I worked in my dad's liquor, you know, hardware store, blah, blah, blah. We get a little bit of the backstory we talked about. They have a little hard tar. They don't know that they're wolves yet, but they're just like, or or maybe, you know. I should say Todd doesn't maybe know that Scott is a wolf yet at this point. You know, Scott obviously realizes, you know. Right. Um, yeah, and maybe 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 we save that reveal for like maybe not their very first conversation, you know, maybe at some point later on. But Scott has to say something like, "Hey, man, trust me, I know what you're going through," you know. And, right. And then 
we see and we see Todd and Todd should really, really be you know kind of our main character. We see Todd yep. in a couple more sequences where like he's he has he has his own like you know Lewis and Styles like you know friends on campus that he's met or he, that he came there with, and yeah, we see like. Li- these little run-ins that he has where like, you know, he's walking down the hall and, you know, Gus knocks his papers down or like, you know, he goes to, you know, whatever he goes to, you know, get a drink in the water fountain and, you know, bumps into Gus or his girlfriend or whatever. Like this dumb, these dumb little things you saw in eighties movies, like little slapstick encounters. And then, you know, and then, you know, uh, eventually, you know, Scott, you know, at some point it just, they escalate to the point where you see Scott step in, get in front of Gus's face, give him that red eyed stare, not the, you know, give me a keg of beer, but like, you know, <laughs> leave, leave the kid alone, you know, kind of a thing. Right. And, and that's when Todd's like, Oh dude, you too, you know, whatever. Um, you know, and hell, maybe at this point he runs off because he's like, nope, I don't want anything to do with this. Like, like this isn't the life I want. I'm out of here. I'm going to pack up my dorm room and go. And Scott has to go to his dorm room. Again, it's an 80s cliche movie. Like, he, like no, no, don't pack up and leave. Stay here. Like, you know, you know, face the bully or whatever. And, right. uh, yeah, I think that's that's kind of a cool idea. Well, yeah, I mean, we could even play that all out in in the in the, a very similar way to the first movie where we could have. Uh, remember, you, I think it was you that just said at the, the start of the show that the reason Michael J. Fox didn't come back is because he didn't want to do the makeup again. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So we could even we could even limit his time in the makeup to like one scene. So we do the red eye yeah. thing, like you said, you know, have Todd run off and then have uh, Scott show up at Todd's dorm as he's like packing all of his stuff up. And he's knocking on the door and he's like, go away, leave me alone. He's like, we really need to uh, talk. Open ooh, the door. Ooh. There's the wolf reveal and be like, wait, what? And then we get the whole yeah. heart, heart moment. It's like his dad the first, in the first movie. Yeah, yep. exactly. Sorry, I talked over I, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, also, like, I, got, I got all excited. I was like, yeah, you went there. That's cool. <laughs> I also have an idea with uh, the Gus character. So, like, when Todd's at the party and they do, you know, the seven minutes in heaven thing. And um, Gus doesn't re- – what I think is maybe is Gus doesn't realize that what Todd is. He's just calling him a freak because the girl's kind of, like, scared and skittish and kind of, like, freaking out from their encounter in the closet or whatever. And I think maybe at that moment, like you guys were just talking about where um, Scott shows his eyes to um, who was he showing his eyes to? Yeah, to Gus. Yeah, to Gus. He doesn't leave the kid alone. Yeah, that's the moment it clicks in Gus's brain that, oh, maybe there's something else about Todd. And mm-hmm. maybe he amplifies his stuff against Todd after this. So before that, it was yeah. like mainly being a dick to him because he was a dick to the girl, or maybe it was his girlfriend that he was a dick to. Who knows? Uh, that could even you know push Gus mm-hmm. initially, or maybe it was um, a friend of his girlfriend. You know, like there because in those movies, there's always like the girlfriend, and then the best friend of the girlfriend's always there. Maybe mm-hmm. it was the best friend that got the encounter with you know the accidental encounter with Todd. Mm. Yeah, um, in the closet. Yeah. And so maybe at that moment with them in the hallway or whatever, or on the, you know, on the, you know, campus ground somewhere, that's when it ex- escalates. And that's when Todd realizes what's going on, who everybody is and starts freaking out and just pushing stuff to the next level. And that's when, you know, uh, Mrs. Brooks has to show up later on in the end because he just, Todd just took it way too far with mm-hmm. the escalations. Yeah. Of that sound. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I think it's good. I think we can to make it easier to kind of like understand the dynamic here. What I'm picturing is like if you if you've seen if you've seen Stranger Things, Justin, have you seen Stranger Things at least through season two? 
I've uh, I saw season one. I don't know if I've seen season two, but I don't care about spoilers. So no, ahead. it's not really going to spoil it. It doesn't really spoil much anyway. But in season two, they introduced the character uh, uh, Billy, right? Billy's this like you know uh, uh, hair metal listening, like hard smoking, like bully from like California who like comes you know from out of town, and uh, he's protective of uh, his younger like stepsister who's. Even though she's like a huge character and her name is escaping me for some reason, I don't know why. Max, Max, that's it. Yeah, Max. Well, but what's important is that so uh, Max in the show is like friends with Lucas, one of the main characters. And there's this like dynamic where, you know, Max and Lucas are friends. Uh, Billy, the older bully, does not want Max to be friends with Lucas. But then the older sort of mentor character Steve Harrington is always like stepping in to confront Billy. And I like, really like this dynamic of like Steve Harrington's like the older, you know, wiser guy, but still a kid. And he's willing to step in front of the, the out of control bully who has, and the bully who has this uh, like unreasonable dislike for one of the main characters for doing almost nothing to him, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I think that, that that dynamic is really cool because that for me was actually one of my favorite things about all of stranger things is I love the season two dynamic with Billy and Steve. Um, and yeah, that's exactly what I'm picturing here. So if that helps any of our listeners kind of understand where I'm coming from, that's, mm-hmm. I think of Gus as like Billy. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I, I'm not sure that we need to like hit every beat after this. I think we've done a pretty good job of kind of setting this up. Like, so, you know, yeah, Todd's at the school. He's like this biology genius, right? Like he doesn't really, he's really nervous about being there. He doesn't really know he's a wolf. He just knows he's like, you know, kind of weird and awkward and skinny and short. Like, you know, Scott was in the first movie. He goes to this party, does the seven, seven minutes in heaven thing with like Gus's girlfriend or whatever. Like he wolfs out a little bit in the closet. She freaks out. You know, he, he doesn't know how to handle it. He and Scott have their first little, you know, heart to heart. But Gus's like, I've got my eye on you, you know, and right. then. And then, you know, we do this, like, whole sequence. Hell, maybe even a montage. <laughs> yep. you got to have a montage. Especially if, you're, especially if you're making a new version of Teen Wolf 2. Yeah. We do, this <laughs> mon- we do this montage of, like, Todd and Gus getting into these, like, stupid little, you know, uh, conflicts all the time. Like, bumping into each other or whatever. Gus is giving him a hard time and it escalates to the point where finally Gus takes it too far. Scott steps in, gives him the red-eyed stare, leave the kid alone. You know, and now it's like totally escalated. Now Todd wants to leave school. Scott shows up at his dorm room, does that thing, like you mentioned, Mike, from the first movie where he knocks on the door and he open, Todd opens it and Scott's there in like full full wolf gear. He, he explains his whole backstory. He tries to tell Scott or to Todd, like, hey, man, I had to learn to embrace who I really was as a human, but maybe you need to embrace who you really are as a wolf. Like, you know, yeah. you're too, you're too afraid of it. Like, you know, like we, you need to learn how to embrace it and use it and you don't need to go, you know, crazy. Like I did, you know, trying to impress the whole town, but just, you know, don't be afraid of who you are and, you know, let it out a little bit, man. Like let loose, like you're at college, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> But of course, now we have to have a sequence where Todd is finally like, yeah, I'm going to let loose a little bit, go to a party, wolf out, become the life of the party or, you know, the life of the, you know, the maybe it's a frat party or maybe he goes to like the big game and, you know, kind of gets all the attention for himself. And then, of course, he has to take it too far. I think it'd be more interesting if it wasn't Gus just picking on him again. But if it was Todd who get like the confidence goes to his head like a drug and he like he pushes Gus like what you're going to do, bitch. Like I'm a wolf now, you know, and then it gets out of control because Gus isn't a pushover, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's from a family of wolves, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He might not be one, but he's from a family of them. (laughs) 
I, I think we, we need to have the choreographed dance sequence at least, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. This is yeah, this is where we do it. This is where yeah, we have it's like a pep rally before the big football game or big basketball game. Right. And it's, the whole pep rally turns into this like party for Todd the Wolf, you know, somehow. <laughs> right. All the cheerleaders are doing their choreographed dance, you know, like and they're like, Screw the basketball team, we got a wolf. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, maybe maybe Gus could do something like uh, you know, call him out or you know, do some kind of bully thing where he like he mocks him when he's getting mm. all this attention and rather than you know playing it cool that's where he like maybe he he throws gus down in front of everybody and he's mm. like what, what are you gonna do like what are you what are you gonna do to me i'm a werewolf that yeah. type of thing and like have gus run off embarrassed and have everyone else kind of look at him like oh, that was a dick move you know yeah. and, and and that's where because again in both part one and two we had those moments where uh, the the other people who are friends with both Scott and Todd get to that point where they're like, Ugh, I'm sick of the wolf, you know, so maybe this could be the point mm-hmm. in this movie where he has to learn, you know, learn his lesson of, of yeah, yeah, you're cool, but don't be that. Don't try to be that cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think it'd be cool to kind of flip the lesson on his head where like Scott had to learn the lesson that like I can't be the wolf all the time. Like I need to be myself. And in this case, I think it should be yeah, Todd, he that wolf goes to his head on the first day. Like, woo, he just goes crazy yeah, at this like pep rally party and then you know embarrasses Gus and everyone freaks out. And then of course he's gonna run off. And, you know, again, we need to have Scott or, you know, his friends or whoever, you know, kind of intervene once again. But, you know, the lesson here is like, no, no, no. Like you don't need to be afraid of the wolf. Like it's okay. But just like, you know, just take it easy. Like you just got to like learn how to, how to work with it, you know? Um, And uh, yeah, exactly. And I think that that, so, but there has to be, there has to be the sequence or at this point, I think where, yes, Todd's like, yeah, you know, I can do this. I can be the wolf. It's okay. Like, you know, I don't need to go to the pep rally. How about I just go to like, you know, my final and like, you know, it's like the being the wolf is like super riddle in Adderall. Like I can think so clearly and I, like, I'm going to ace the test, you know, and ace the project or whatever. And suddenly he's like, oh, I can be the wolf to like actually help me. Just like Scott was the wolf to be good at basketball he's gonna like i can be the wolf but like i can actually use it for something worthwhile like i'm gonna you know ace, right. ace everything because like you know suddenly i can you know i can think clearly and i'm confident and like nothing scares me i'm not nervous and, and anxious anymore and uh gus has to do something where maybe gus like sabotages his like science project you know the big thing the big final that he was so confident about the todd was so confident about you know he turns in some big project and of course gus is going to sabotage it like uh like fucking kent from real genius and <laughs> you know another exactly. and that and that's going to set todd off and of course you know todd's going to be like you me the quad midnight or some shit you know <laughs> <laughs> and then of course Gus is gonna show up with silver bullets. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he wouldn't do that to his own kind, Mike. Come on. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I've seen those underworld movies. <laughs> I have too. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, whatever this big conflict is, I don't know if you guys want to choreograph it and kind of talk about, but, of course, you know, we have this big conflict with, like, they're maybe they're going to fight, but they don't fight because Professor Brooks comes out and is like, oh, Gussie, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think that would be the perfect point to put that in. Like, maybe it is something, like, where the, you know, people are watching, you know, they're ready to beat the shit out of each other, and then, yeah, his mom comes out and embarrasses him. Yeah, the big reveal. I, I almost want, I, I, lo- I like the reveal. I almost want... Todd and Gus to be friends at the end of this because the way mm-hmm. we're looking at it, Gus or Todd is having a hard time embracing the fact that he is a wolf 
and Gus is having a hard time embracing the fact that he's not a wolf. So like, oh, why, yeah. why, okay. can't, yeah, okay. why can't we have them come together at the end and realize, hey, guess what? We're both fucked up in one way or another. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were giving we were given, you know, um, you know, the lives that we don't want. Like you could tell Todd doesn't really want to be the wolf through most of it, except for that, you know, that, that time period, you know, that day or day and mm-hmm. a half where he's like really happy about it. But ultimately, I don't think he wants it at all. Right. And Gus wants it. Gus wants to be the wolf. Like he doesn't want it to be a dickhead or anything like that. He just wants what the rest of his family has. He feels left out that he's not like them. Like, you know, Filch from Harry Potter. I don't think Filch would be an asshole if he actually had magical powers. I think he's an asshole because he's pissed off that he didn't get magical powers. Exactly. So, so I think that's what I think that would be a nice little that would be an interesting thing to do. And then it could maybe potentially set up a third movie. I don't know, like do a trilogy with this. I don't know how you mm-hmm. necessarily do it, but that's it would, a, it would almost be like at the very end of karate kid mm-hmm, where, yeah. when, when Daniel wins and then you see um, uh, Johnny, like, you know, clapping him on the back, like, Oh, you deserved it, man. <laughs> like yeah, that you're, <laughs> you're all right. You're all right. LaRusso. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. so I think that, that I think that's a great ending too. Like you know, we have Professor Brooks and Scott like diffuse the situation. You know, we kind of get the backstory, and like you said, so like we don't have to have a the big fight at the end of the movie. This isn't like lethal weapon. Instead, you know, instead we right. we, we stop and we talk it out. So now we have to kind of back up because what I think would be interesting is what if what if there's something where it's like Gus was like jealous of Todd because he was the wolf, but maybe also like maybe a little bit jealous of his brain or his smarts or his, his success, something there has to be something that like Todd can help Gus with. And like, you know, maybe Gus was going to ask until he turned into a fucking wolf. And then I couldn't say anything, you know, but like, you know what I mean? Like maybe Gus is like struggling to pass class. Maybe he's like a six year senior or, or, or maybe he's secretly, it's like really just wants to be, you know, like a, a veterinarian like Todd did. And he's like, like, I, that's all I ever wanted to do with my life, but I can't like pass, you know, biology. And maybe, you know, I don't, know this might be kind of corny but like something where todd can be like dude i can help you with that like why why have we been fighting this whole time like we could have been friends like you could have and then gus can help todd be more confident get girls go to parties and then todd can help gus with his with his grades and so we skip ahead to like you know a couple days later and it's like you know you see gus like a plus on the paper and then like they go to the party (laughs) together you know and of course this montage uh while this montage is happening we're playing why can't we be friends (laughs) so We have to do another yeah. damn montage, Mike. <laughs> we have to. It's we have to fit, as, to fit as many as we can in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. And then, okay, and then, guess again, we have to at least have we have to have, to have at least three montages because yeah, oh. the original version had three of them. So. Yeah, yeah, it's the comedy rule of threes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly right. So Gus gets an a, a on the paper, and then we see him at the party, and like Gus is being like Todd's wingman. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like cool. And yeah, yeah. And then, and then, 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 you know, and then Scott and Professor Brooks are both like, you know, hanging out in the background of the party, you know, just like then they, they toast a beer and like, oh, look at these kids. So sweet, you know, and like, the, of course we get the, you know, Todd, Todd looks back and Scott gives him the wink and the thumbs up like a fucking Mentos commercial. <laughs> And then, exactly. And then, with the red eyes, though. With and then he, but with he the red eyes. Books, yes. Yeah. Yes, he and yes. Professor Brooks, they both do it. They both have like the red eyes with like the, <laughs> <laughs> with the fucking you know Mentos commercial song, and it's like, oh, it'd be awesome. Oh god. And then what I want to see is uh, Chubbs dancing in the background with a bunch of nice hot ladies. Oh yeah. <laughs> because we haven't seen him since like the beginning of the movie, give or take. You know, like mm-hmm. he's kind of like there, 
And then, you know, Styles is in the back going, yeah, or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Chubb's party. Yeah. No, Chubb's yeah. holding, he's holding court. Yeah. Chubb's, Chubb's <laughs> like break dancing in the middle of the dance floor. <laughs> like everyone's watching. Yeah. And Styles is like selling uh, term papers. Like, again, like Jeremy Piven's character from PCU. Yeah. You Damn know, right. like, like, like draws, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's I awesome. love it. Okay. So I don't know about you guys, but like, you know, we were like, I think 10 minutes into this and I was like, fuck, this is going to crash and burn. Like, yeah. We, we should have been more prepared than this because we're I'm just we're just like repeating the first movie, just like the you know the actual Teen Wolf two that sucked, and I'm like we got to do something different. But ho- I think we ended up in a really cool place. Yeah, no, I agree. I, and I'll be honest, like I said, th- th- this is one of those ones that I had no fucking clue what to do. <laughs> I watched both movies last night and was just like I I, I got nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like holy crap. <laughs> Well, that's the yeah. thing. Like, they, they shouldn't have. They shouldn't really have done even done a sequel. Like that first one, I think, was good enough to be on its own. I agree. But there, there are some mm-hmm. mysteries hanging out there, as we talked about. Like, why was everybody okay with him being a wolf? Yeah. Okay, that's very strange, you know. But you know, other than that, it's a pretty closed loop movie. And I think some people yeah. are just they have to do a sequel of everything because they feel that's what they need to do, and they just don't. Well, I think it's just with with Hollywood, I think it's the the easy cash, you know, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. we already have a built in audience. It's kind of why like remakes went crazy in the early 2000s. Uh, one, once they realized, like, holy shit, there's an audience for this and we already own the rights for these movies that we made, you know, X amounts of years ago. Let's just redo it, you know, and people mm-hmm. will pay to see it. I, I think that's the same thing with the with the sequel trend is just there's always going to be fans of sequels. And I mean, hell, I'm totally a mark for sequels. I mean, I'm that guy that's watched all the Puppet Master movies. So, you know, like, you're the I'm, one. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> the mark. I think, I think it depends. Like if you have a story planned from the beginning, like we were talking about, you know, before we started recording, we were talking about the Terrifier stuff movies. Right. I think Damon had a plan all along where he wants it to go. And, oh, absolutely. You know, it, it was all, of course, you know, bent on, you know, him being able to actually make the first movie, you know, after the shorts and stuff. And then the popularity of the first one, if it was going to give him the chance to make, you know, the, you know, the second and third movies. But I think a trilogy was always in his brain. Um, well, I also think the difference there, though, is a creator owned project. Yes. It yeah, is sure. like when, when you have a studio versus a, a creator, because like if you look at like, for example, Wes Craven with the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie, he only ever wanted to do one movie. It was the studio that really wanted the others. So like the studio made absolutely no money off of the first movie, but they came away with the rights to make as many mm-hmm. sequels as they wanted. So they just started pumping them out. And after part two kind of crashed and burned, at least here in America, uh, you know, they brought back on Wes Craven and they're like, what would you do for another sequel? And then he was like, ah, I threw the, this like script at him. And then they, they script doctored the hell out of it and made their next movie. So I think when you have a creator like Damien, who, who is like, you know, he's, he had this vision in mind from, from jump. Um, and he's he's holding it close to his chest like he's not letting uh, a bunch of studios really get mm-hmm. involved and take take his baby. Um, that That's I think is always going to give you a better story because you have your creative force like guarding it the whole time. Yeah, I don't know. Sequels, man. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not. <laughs> but it's like also I know, Josh, you brought up Stranger Things. It's kind of the same thing with Stranger Things like. You know, the, the Duffer brothers had this whole thing in mind where they're like, no, if we're going to do this, this is 
this is what we want to do. It's going to either be four or five seasons, depending on how, you know, how it plays out. But we have mm-hmm. the overarching story for this many beats and yeah. we need this many seasons to get through those beats. So and and that's that's the thing, like the, the contract was like, <laughs> can we do this? And yes, you can. So go ahead. I just wish you know. I wish more creators were not afraid to make something be a single movie. You know, or oh, or, totally or push it on the, you know, push on the uh, on the studios or whatever it is. Like, this is what my vision is. If you want to work with me again, I'm all for writing another vision. But this is what this was supposed to be. Right. I, I think people are just too afraid. Like, we need more. We need more studios, TV or movie, whatever, to follow like British trends. Don't be afraid to kill off main characters. Don't be afraid to make seasons be six episodes and there only be three seasons. You know, like. That's what, like Luther, you know, Idris Alba's first big thing. That thing is short, but that's yeah. what it was supposed to be. Like, so why, why make it more than it needs to be? I don't know. Well, it's kind of like uh, going back to horror for a minute. Um, what's his name? Uh, Ari, is it Ari Aster, the guy who did Hereditary? And then instead oh, of doing, yeah. instead of doing a sequel to Hereditary, he he came up with Midsummer. And even though a lot of people were like, well, what happens next in that world, in the world of Hereditary? Like, you know, now that the 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 being has been reborn what happens now and he's like yeah fuck that moving on to the next story mm-hmm. <laughs> so and and i think both of those films stand on their own without any necessary need for a sequel so there's a lot of films and yeah teen wolf was one of those bringing it back you're right teen wolf didn't need a sequel and it was just simply and you can tell they they simply cashed in because they told us the same damn movie again yeah it's like like robocop mm-hmm. i don't think robocop needed a sequel you know like Oh, it, it's see, just, it, there it's, I disagree. <laughs> well, like with RoboCop, I like it because you you know what's going to happen. You know, like at the end of that movie, you know what's going to happen. You don't need to be told those stories necessarily. Like right. you can make them up in your head. You know, like the you know, I don't think we needed a sequel of Predator, even though I liked the second one. You know, I like you know a lot of the Predator sequels. I don't think we needed a, a, another one. But again, sometimes sometimes you know if you can get a person to write a good story that makes sense, then I'm all for it. Yeah. You know, like I like all the lethal weapons, even though we probably didn't need anything after the first one. But, you know, they're all good in their own way. <laughs> they are. I really do like the lethal weapon movies. One oh, day, yeah. one day we need to, to touch on lethal weapon. Uh, yeah, for sure. That would, that would be hard for you guys. I don't even know how yeah. you would handle that. <laughs> like, how, how do you go about doing that? Uh, yeah, it's it's been on our list for a really long time. Yeah, and and, and I, I'm not gonna put anything in stone, um, but like you know, I don't think we've done a prequel yet. That'd be an, an interesting challenge, you know, because I think that would be with Lethal Weapon is like they kind of follow the characters like you know through like a life journey of getting older and married and kids and retired and whatever. And I was like, yeah, but like you know, it'd be really interesting to to see like you know uh, you know young Riggs on the force like rookie cop, you know. Right. <laughs> or how, how about this? I think a prequel to Die Hard would be fun. That's not a bad idea either, honestly. Yeah, that's actually because, not a bad. Yeah, I could see John McClane in the, the mean streets of New York City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like but, uh, have it lead up to like why him and his wife split. Yeah, you know, like that could be like mm-hmm. the you know the ending of the movie is them you know them going their separate ways. The the, the lethal weapon. As a lethal weapon thing, real quick. All, all I'm picturing is Danny, young Danny Glover. I'm not old enough yet for this shit. You know? <laughs> Or, or I'm too young for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> too young for this shit. I'm too rookie for this that's shit. Pretty, that's, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those those would be great. I would oh, I, 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 both of them. 
I have one last crazy idea for you guys, and then I know I guess we should probably end this because it is getting long. Um, I don't know if you guys watched The Rookie, the Nathan, the current thing that Nathan Fillion is doing, but I really yeah. like it. It's a good cop show. But did you ever watch on um, the sci-fi show Dark Matter? Uh, I don't uh, think I have. I don't, yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. Well, there was a there was an actress on the show. She played the captain on Dark Matter. You know, after a little bit, there's you know some explaining that I won't even get into. But she eventually became becomes the captain of the ship that they're on because it takes place like 500 years in the future or something. And on the rookie, she plays a fellow rookie like Nathan Fillion's character. Well, at least in the first you know season, two seasons, they were rookies. Now they're like official cops and stuff. But and I always thought it was funny that two captains, two sci-fi captains, end up becoming rookies on a cop show. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was really weird. And guess what? Another character from Firefly shows up on The Rookie later on, Tudek. Alan Tudek shows up. Oh, yeah. That played Wash. Mm -hmm. So there's there's all this weird cross-pollinization of, like, sci-fi shows and other Mm -hmm. shows that would be kind of an interesting thing to play. Like, for example, you could do a whole Raised by Rentals thing. I know it's a little later than what you guys are normally scope out at, but you could play on Nathan Fillion's character that maybe his, the castle character is an ancestor of Mal and (laughs) like, you know, the rookie, you know, um, uh, blanking on his name, John Nolan, that's his name on the rookie is a cousin of, of John Castle or whatever. And they're again, both ancestors of Matt. Like there's all this weird stuff that you can kind of put all of it into the same universe. Cause I know you guys like doing these weird universes. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so that could be an interesting thing to play in. Like I'll, I'll let you guys play with it with, you know, characters you have more of a handle on, but I think that's something for you to think about. Like what shows or movies have had actors from other ones in them besides your Arnold Schwarzenegger or sure. your Stallone, like other ones that have been in, multiple successful shows like the fact that nathan fillion's been in three successful shows is kind of crazy you know like that's a real rarity and he's been in two or three of them um like firefly of course after the fact but still it's just you know it's a legendary show now and castle is a legendary show you know even though it's a show that you know probably is not for the three of us it is a legendary show in television now and now that he's on The Rookie, which I have a feeling that's probably going to become a legendary show, too, over time. Because um, it's, like, in its fifth season now. Not many shows make it to their fifth season. So This is true. Yeah, Castle yeah. Castle was on, like, ten years or some shit. So, like, <laughs> like, that's kind of insane. Oh, man. Yeah, no, there's so, so many great ideas. Yeah, I definitely like to try to keep, you know, more into, like, the VHS era. But, yeah, it just – it becomes a can of worms. Like, even while you're talking and we were mentioning Lethal Weapon and Die Hard, I was like, shit, you know, it'd be cool, dude, we do both prequels. We, we do a crossover. We do a prequel cro- crossover <laughs> where John McClane and Holly, his wife, you know, they go to L.A. for the first time to, like, check out this new job. And, of course, you know, John hates L.A. and he's, like, this rookie, you know – I'm not rookie, but he's a, a seasoned, you know, like, a cop from the streets of New York mm-hmm. City – but then mm-hmm. but then he comes across the, these rookies, you know, he rigs out in L.A. and they have like an adventure together. And like Murtaugh doesn't even know them, but he's just like 
this character who's constantly getting caught up in the background of like there's like you know like they have caused an explosion and it like you know you know you know knocks his car over or some <laughs> yeah. shit like like he's just always like getting affected by this bullshit that they're getting up to you know what i mean or like or like there's like you a car chase and, he, and he's like walking out of a mcdonald's with food and like a you know like a, uh, a drink a drink cup holder and they they there's this high-speed chase of like Riggs and uh fucking john mcclain racing down the the street and like they, they knock all of his food and it splashes all over like this stupid like you know slapstick bullshit where he's like this background character it would be amazing <laughs> that would, that would be freaking would, hilarious you know what would be even funnier is if you could find an older character to go around with um with murtog so you got two stories interlacing and bouncing off of each other that would be kind of fun <laughs> as well so you got um dude dude the, Riggs the, the, and McLean the cop and, from the first diehard what's his name uh from family matters Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he would Reginald be Bill Johnson. <laughs> yeah, you could have him with 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 Murtaugh. With Murtaugh, with yeah. Murtaugh. yeah like... <laughs> Dude, I think we just figured it out. <laughs> I think you guys have your next episode. Yeah. Oh, oh that's it, fun. But, but but it would be like it would be like in uh, Police Academy. I can't remember the, the characters' names. But in Police Academy Two, when there's that old disgusting cop who's like you know eating the dog shit and stuff. Oh, and God. then oh no, yeah yeah or, shit or, I forget his or, name. Or, or no or actually no I, I'm sorry I, that's the wrong character. It's the old man cop who takes the uh the accident prone guy out like under his wing and all oh, they, yes, like, yes, they, yes, they, yes, they 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 yes. just like go to a restaurant and like <laughs> hang out and but like they're the, they're just these background characters and like all this like weird shit just keeps happening like you know they they ac- they accidentally beat up the gang members you know <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh, I, I think you guys got it i think Can't you got it came off the top of my head but yeah that'd be awesome like if... <laughs> we're we're going to have to add this to the list because yeah. i really do think the the die hard lethal weapon prequel crossover could be fun yeah i yeah i just put it on the list that's like it's right at the top right at the top because <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty damn fun that would be epic oh man yeah that'd be awesome uh, fackler right isn't that the character's name fackler, fackler. Like, yeah, yep. yeah he's he's just like the accident prone doofus who just kind of like walks ass backwards into stuff and there's that like the older cop with him yeah that's what i was talking about anyway <laughs> that'd be awesome um Oh man. Well, anyway, this has been good. This has been awesome. I was really nervous. I wasn't nervous at the beginning of this. Cause I was like, yeah, Teen Wolf, it's a good movie. Like we can come up with like a teen comedy, but then again, we got into it and I was like, fuck, this is going nowhere, but, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but we pulled it out. I, I, this was a ton of fun actually. Uh, yet again, we always end up having a lot of fun making these up. So yeah, Justin, thanks for joining, man. I'm so glad yeah, absolutely. that, that no you problem. came on. You couldn't have done it without me. <laughs> that's true because mike had all, no good it ideas was all mike... me. it was all me <laughs> i know i was i was i was dragging my ass today <laughs> oh man okay so with that in mind uh yeah if you liked the episode as much as we did and you had a good time you know hanging out with us then you know come check us out on the social medias you can find us all over the place at uh, raised by rentals or raised by rentals.com and as i always mention we are a member of the rad pantheon a super team of podcasters artists musicians you name it it's like an art collective of rad creative friends just supporting each other and spreading the word about rad stuff justin you are a member of the rad pantheon at radpantheon.com uh do you want to plug anything i like to drink tea a lot so if you're on instagram you can follow me at justin go boom i'm a musician you can find me on Bandcamp. uh just on you know justin von strasberg or you can go to justinvonstrasberg.com and all that stuff is there i'm in a band called cult mother uh, cultmother.band, which are also part of the Rad Pantheon. We, when we first joined, we were called Low Chatter, but now we're Cult Mother. I do snare drum solo stuff, electronic solo stuff, but mainly I drink tea a lot. 
<laughs> so much so tea. Much, so much tea. <laughs> so much tea. Yeah. But as I mentioned, bradpantheon.com, you can find all the links to the stuff that Justin just said uh, right there. And we mentioned it at the beginning of the episode because we got a little dig in, but we didn't actually explain. If you guys don't know, if you weren't aware, if this is your first episode or you're not familiar with The Boogeyman's Closet, Justin wrote the theme music for The Boogeyman's Closet. And Mike, what is that? It is our weekly horror movie podcast where we have uh, people vote on what four films we should cover each month. And uh, yeah, we just go kind of through each movie and talk about it and might make fun of it. Um, but yeah, we're currently on hiatus. The time you hear this, uh, we are paused for November, but we will be coming back in December pretty strong with uh, Christmas Horror Round 3. We have some very interesting titles on the list to vote on right now. So <laughs> definitely check yeah. that out on the socials. Yeah, actually, I haven't seen a lot of those movies. So I just kind of voted for like what looked cool, <laughs> Yep. Uh, which <laughs> hey, should be fun. But uh, yeah, there's lots of other projects going on. There's Count Creepy Head. There's Comics Boost, all kinds of other stuff. So check out RedPantheon.com, which we've already said. This is the third time for the hat trick. And with that, I'll just say, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. If you had fun with us, visit us somewhere on those socials. Drop us a line. Leave a comment. Leave a podcast rating. Let us know what you think we should improv, improve next time. And with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And I'm Justin. And we have to return some videotapes. Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support Rad Stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. <laughs>